Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to How to Cope. Every episode, writer Becky Howard, that's me, and my friend, psychotherapist Lucy Clyde, we'll be talking about how to look after our mental health during the coronavirus crisis. We're all having our own different pandemic, with unique stresses, experiences and feelings. But yes, like those millions of social media posts tell us, we're all going through it together. So let's share these universal experiences and try and help each other get through this the best way we can. This week, we'll be talking about how to deal with loss. Let's think about like what what are you actually missing at the moment? What are you missing during lockdown this week? What one thing? Uh, the one thing I really, really want to do this week is I want to um, I really want to hug my friends. Hug your friends. I want yeah. to hug my friends. That yeah. is the thing that has bugged me this week. The thing I felt the lack of the most, I think, this week. Mm. but uh, someone else someone else other than your partner yes. and your family or is, yes. yeah it's that different isn't it it's that yeah. different people energy that yeah. we're not getting at all yeah I miss my friends I want to see them and I want to hug them yeah how about you uh, it is definitely having a nice coffee made for me by anyone else literally anyone else apart from me <laughs> okay. um Preferably, it would be a really, really nice kind of barista created something or other. Because normally I have very, very boring coffees, but I actually really fancy a kind of ridiculously expensive three north of three pounds soya cappuccino blah de blah. Wow. But I want someone else to make it for me and to put it in front of me. Yeah. And then for me to pay a bill at the end. And I pay it very happily. I be I pay it with very good grace at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Well. So that's what we're losing. That's yes. what we're losing. So you know, what week is it now? Is it week four or five of lockdown I for think, for you, Lucy? I think it's four for me. Is it four? I think it must yeah. Be. What about you? I think it's coming four. up to five. Yeah. I don't know. I've lost track of dates, times, meaning. 
well, I think that's the other thing, isn't it? It start, it stopped, it stopped meaning very much, hasn't it? It's like that period. It's like it reminds me of that interval between Christmas and New Year, where you oh, stop yeah. and you forget what day of the week it is, and that's quite nice because it's going to end. If yes. that goes on indefinitely, then it's in danger. You're in danger of kind of drifting into clinical depression. Uh, yeah. But the point of that period is that it's it's contained, it's brief, whereas yeah. we are About now, a week. yeah, and we are now in it indefinitely, and that's it's very hard to keep track of life without any it's called what do they call it twixmas or twixtmas or something they're trying you know, trying to there's, there's been an attempt at creating a kind of media friendly word um, for that period okay. but you're 100 percent right aren't you that this is like the world's worst twixtmas where we don't know when it's going to end and actually not knowing and not having structure isn't that great ultimately no, it's is really it not it's really not um, but what are we going to talk about today? What's what what particular aspect of sort of mental health um, during the lockdown were we going to cover? Well, I thought I thought the 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 idea of perhaps loss would be quite good. That'd be quite helpful. Yeah. Okay. So when when we're talking about loss, we're talking about a lot of things, aren't we? We're not just talking about like loss of a person. No. What, what could we be talking about? Well. Yeah, you're right. When people talk think about loss, they're usually thinking about it in the context of a, a of a very sort of tangible bereavement, right? So somebody has died, yeah. or uh, but I think that actually the ideas and thoughts around loss and the feelings around loss extend to extend so far out that they're, they're, they're not just about the physical loss, but they're about you know loss of freedom, for example, which is what we're experiencing now. Um, mm. You know, you can you get made redundant. That's a loss. Uh, you know, you move house, sometimes that's a loss. And loss is a key part of change as well. So every time something changes, you lose, even if it's a positive change, you lose something in the process, you know, which is mm. why which why change is hard is because we always lose something. And that may be a thing that we like. So you, a good thing happens, like you have a baby, but you lose your previous life, you lose your freedom, which is really hard, actually. It is really hard, but at least you have this incredible miracle exactly. new life to kind of, exactly. pay, you know, make up for yeah. it. Whereas what's going on now is, I don't know, it feels like the balance has shifted a little bit more on the negative side as to what we've gained. Because like you mentioned, we've lost the freedom to do as we please. Yes. Um, whether that is, you know, we all lived our life in a sense of having responsibilities, whether that's jobs or families or whatever that could be or going to school and, and having to go to lessons mm. and once you've lost even though we have that as a duty we still had around that a freedom to choose yeah. Yeah. and we've lost those freedoms yeah. so what kind of impact does that have on us well I think it you know it, it, it depends on who you are really but I think I mean I think well, the loss of freedom is quite is quite a big one, isn't it? I mean, you know, has it has it impacted on you? Have you felt your your lack of freedom particularly? And what, yeah, what, yeah. What, so, what? Which aspect of it? Where I think I think it's just an occasion. Well, not an occasional daily. Let's be honest, right? <laughs> it's a kind of flare up of going. I want to go somewhere. I yeah. want to do something. Yeah. And it's so selfish, isn't it? Because it's very, I want, I want, I want. Yeah. Like, they're all driving me mad. My family's driving me mad. My my environment is driving me uh, potty. Mm. I need to experience something else. I'm desperate for another environment or a different mm. stimulus or something like that. Yeah. And I can't have it. Yeah. 
And yeah. I've lost the ability to, or the freedom and the choice as a, as a, you know, very fortunate, you know, westernized mm-hmm. adult woman to go off and go, I'm going to go and do this now because I can't. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it makes me feel deeply frustrated. And obviously, depending on your mood, either cross or a bit sad. Yeah. And I think the sadness is, is interesting because I think that really, that really connects, doesn't it, with the sense of, mm that we've lost something that was valuable to us and meaningful in some way and really, really gave us something. And, you know, obviously there are, you know, I hope it goes without saying that as we're discussing loss, that uh, we aren't talking about bereavement and that, you know, that's, that's a loss of a different thing. We're talking about a a slightly, a very, very different thing. Um, But, you know, there, there is, there is a sadness though, you know, I think people are feeling quite sad about what, about what they've lost. Mm, you know, mm, definitely um, it's not yeah go on no I was just going to say that I was uh thinking the other day I've been to the supermarket like once or twice which is the kind of hot social excitement of my week it's really fun <laughs> love it and I am finding I am turned into my grandma who never let a till woman go without having a 15 minute life conversation with them. Mm. And I've become that person because I am desperate. I have lost, I'm I'm missing, I've lost that human interaction with strangers, even if it's just, you know, the kind of chit chat. And I was desperate for it. So I'm having these big long chats with the, with the people at the tills because I'm craving that connection and, and because I'm missing it. Um, So yeah, I'm really, really, that's clearly how I'm expressing it. And I don't know about you. Well, I was thinking it's interesting because, yeah, I was saying that I I miss hugging my friends and I miss my friends. Mm. And actually, you know, we can talk via screen. So it got me thinking about what is it that we're missing? And it's really interesting to me that you were kind of, uh, you're now chatting to the people at the checkout because they're really there. (laughs) They're in real, you've got a real live person captive in front of you. They can't go anywhere, you you know, and and you are are making the most of that. And, but that's very understandable, isn't it? Because <laughs> at the moment interaction okay. with people who are you aren't sharing immediate space with is all virtual and that is a really frustrating thing and I think sometimes there is something about the virtual communication the on-screen communication that slightly mm, emphasizes and underlines the fact that we aren't physically with that person yeah you know yeah. We can't, we can't. Yeah, you you you've lost the nonverbal cues. You lose the body language. You use how you, you lose how you feel physically in a room with that other person. I was going to say that, like, if you have a friend who you see and you feel much calmer around, you won't get yes. that via the screen. You'll just get their face and their voice, but you won't get That's the so feeling. True. So we're losing, so we're losing a, de- a really important, or we have lost temporarily, let's hope, um, mm. a really, really important part of relationships, which is the body-to-body experience, the business of being in the same room as somebody and being able to pick up on how people are feeling and, and that enjoy so- that. I think that is a really, that's really got to the nub of what lacks isn't it in in our video conferencing and whether you know we know we're really lucky we're able to do that because imagine imagine doing this without the tech right it would just be just magnified stress by about a hundred and that feeling of of you know solitude and and distance but you're right there are certain people that you know and 
you know why you love them. And it's only now that we can kind of put a finger on the fact that so much of that, like love and affection for some of our friends is because of the the sort of intangible vibe you get off them or the relaxness or the comfort where obviously there are other people that don't make you feel like that. Um, And that is actually something that I suppose if you try and think about a positive to come out of this, that I will appreciate a hundred times more when I see those people I will be like soaking it up that amazing feeling that I will get from being in their presence that you don't get at the moment no I and I I think you're right I mean let's hope that when we do finally come out of this it it allows us to remember uh and re-experience what it was that was so important and that 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 may help shift our priorities a little bit in terms of you know our our personal lives um and you know may set a few things straight in our own minds but i i don't think it's i think it's important to kind of to not to underestimate um what a very real visceral physical loss it can be to not be face to face with other people it's a very Mm. very 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 big deal and you know, it's such, we are essentially relational creatures. There are cells in our brain which are exclusively developed, uh, exclusively there to help us read other people and respond to other people and to read moods and stuff. They're called mirror neurons, by the way. And Ooh, uh, that's okay. all they do. And, you know, it's it's a huge part of our, our capacity to relate. We are hardwired to relate. And so to have all of that removed actually for most of us really suddenly almost overnight is extraordinarily stressful and painful and you know so when we think about loss uh it doesn't have to be physical this is an intangible thing right it's kind of you know, yeah oh, I miss you you know what well, when we think about what we actually miss I think it is the experience of being physically in a room with another human being who you know to be you know funny or calming or amusing or kind of who listens or is just generally nice and benign and makes you feel good and I I think that's I think that's the the real nature of some of the the loss that people are experiencing right now amongst all the other you know lovely freedoms uh, you know yeah exactly you're absolutely right um we were also trying to think about loss in when we were chatting earlier about this idea of the, the idea of calendars becoming irrelevant, yeah, and and the idea of things to look forward to, and a big part of any all of our lives, isn't it, is having things to look forward to, yes, because you know, no matter what your life setup, whether you have a partner or don't, or you have kids or you don't, we all have, you know, the less fun things in life, which is usually work, you know, you've got to do it or you've got to, you know, study hard or whatever it is, but that's punctuated by the fun. Yeah. And the fun doesn't normally involve sitting in your house. (laughs) I don't know. Does it? I think it does for some. I think, I think some Becky are better suited to this than others. And I'm thinking you might not be one of them. I, you know, I know that's a little, uh, but yeah, some people, some people's idea of fun is to, uh, uh, or the thing that recharges them, the thing that makes, let's reframe the idea of fun. Let's put okay. it into, let's let's think about it, because fun's a big word. Um, let's think about it in terms of maybe what makes you, what you look forward to. What, yeah, exactly. What the recharges stuff, yeah. you. 
the rebalancing yeah. the rebalancing part of your life that is yeah. the counterpoint to the yeah. more you know stuff you have to do that you might not choose to do yeah. this is the stuff that you would choose to do because you enjoy it, it makes you feel good now whether that's socializing going to the cinema whatever it is yeah but it's not you know what you are it's duty bound to do yes and we're not we don't get it we've lost it and we have we uh, we've lost our we've lost our outlets haven't we so we're all sitting here quite stressed because we're in an innately stressful situation so uh uh, and we don't know when it's going to end there's no way that this situation isn't at least mildly stressful for some people and massively for a lot but the way that we manage stress is we discharge, you know, we kind of, we do stuff or, or yeah. change up, we change our state in some way. And for some people that's sitting alone in a room reading a book and for other people that's going out for a massive night out with your friends, you know, it it, mm. it, it doesn't matter, but we change our physical state in order to manage our stress and to stop it building and becoming intolerable. And we can't really, we can do it, but we can't do it in the ways that we could before so all our outlets have been have been snipped away and we are left sitting in our stress without our usual outlets and that's a big loss because what so you how, can do yeah exactly so yeah. that was my question that's my question really what I know we can't obviously solve it perfectly but what can we do now to kind of try and develop an outlet or manage that feeling of loss Oh, that's a big question. I think the managing the feeling of loss is just uh, to slightly to let yourself go with it. I think I think know you're having it and and know that it's okay. And you know, you were talking about you know the, the your loss having landed on uh, the longing for a really overpriced cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. What I does that say about me? I have to say that as a therapist, I don't. 100% buy that that it's about the coffee I think the coffee ah, okay. is emblematic of something else I think that for you you are you know taking these feelings of loss and frustration and being locked up and pissed off and unable to do the things <laughs> you would normally do to deal with it which is fine and it's all become about the cup of coffee for now <laughs> And it will become about something else. It will oh my god, it's symbolic. <laughs> it, it is. It is because it's decadent and it's luxurious, and you have to leave the house to have it. Mm. And so it stands yep. in for all the stuff which you or I don't have. You know, a luxurious, decadent outlet that you need to leave the house. I never with. thought of it like and that. That's what matters to you. That is one of the ways, yeah. I guess, where you manage your stress and you're kind of, oh my God, get me out of here. So it's all become about the ridiculously, you know, overpriced, elaborate cup of coffee. Uh, and this is my rosebud. This is like my Citizen yeah. Kane rosebud <laughs> thing. The expensive cup of coffee. Yeah. An expensive cup of coffee it's symbolic of every you know you've just taken it all channeled it all and stuck it onto a cup of coffee I think you should go and have that cup of coffee at the end I think you should do that I think you should make that promise to yourself because I think it would be a lovely way to, for you to mark the end of lockdown and the beginning of what so the first you, thing I could do yeah would seek out some yeah. hipster asshole cafe <laughs> that might still be functioning yeah people that haven't been able to work yeah Yeah. actually we'll all be doing our good for society at that point we'll all be spending any any of the money we've got left (laughs) 
won't we? <laughs> he will pay a fiver, pay a tenner, but do it because I, I, that will help you. But I think, you know, I, I think that's I think that's the thing. So probably all doing that a bit, right? We're all finding the one thing uh, that we long for and we really miss and we really crave. And it's probably weird and random and bizarre and a bit unlike us, like, you know, the, the elaborate cup of coffee. And it's just because we're having all our feelings and we're just sticking it on there. And I think it's really important to know, uh, to be able to acknowledge and let ourselves tap into the fact that actually we have lost something and Mm. actually in terms of your kind of mental health and well-being as a human being the things that you have lost are quite intrinsic to you being okay Uh, and that includes social interaction and other human beings and the capacity to move your body freely and to have a degree of choice and agency over your life and those are all really really important in, in the maintenance of optimal mental health and they have gone temporarily yeah so let yourself feel feel it you know uh uh get frustrated cry get upset you know exercise if you can in your own home or you know in a socially responsible way outside do such change your physical state in some way have a bath listen to music dance in your house uh you know watch something stupid just you know, you, the point is you need to try and change your physical state slightly in order to help you manage this. And also you need to hold on to the fact that this is not going to be forever. Yeah. And I do, I do think that I do, I do take time and sometimes think, cause you know, obviously there's a lot of conversation, isn't there with whoever you're talking to about, Oh, when, when this is all finished, when this is done, da, 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 we'll do X, we'll do Y, we'll go here. Yeah. And at the moment that feels like a weird kind of fantasy conversation. Yeah. But it will happen. And, you know, we'll, we'll look back on this in all kinds of different ways. Um, but just to kind of wrap up on the loss thing, another element of loss, looking at it kind of on a slightly larger scale, is we were thinking about you. people might have lost confidence in society. You know, in, you know, that kind of I suppose you, we never really think about that the way we used to live, going about our daily lives, blah, blah, blah. all thinking about ourselves and our own lives and the world just functions mm-hmm. to a lesser or better degree, obviously. But this is so huge. That actually this kind of background subconscious comfort we had that the world was OK and would and just carries on. That's gone. And I suppose losing that sense of, I don't know how you describe it, a kind of subconscious safety. I don't know. What what do you think about that feeling of a a wider loss in the world? Oh, I think it's massive. I think it's massive. And I think it's almost too big for us to engage with at this point. I think... (laughs) Yes, shut up, Becky. (laughs) No, no, no. I mean, I think it's worth thinking about. But I mean, meaningfully engage with it in any kind of way that we could... Because we can't see it happening yet. That is exactly... Mm. Very, very, very good point. It's a very valuable point. Because that is what this... What the aftermath is going to be for a lot of people is when we come out of this is that for so many of us will have lost our sense that the world is a benign place. And if you're somebody who lives a very very high level of anxiety that's not a feeling you have anyway you're kind yeah. of hypervigilant. you're 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 on the lookout for danger and you you don't have a sense of the world is a safe place but the majority of us don't experience life like that we tend to go yeah the world's okay off I go and that's yeah. a good thing and that that has gone because and the threat is invisible so it's not like we can see the threat or escape it or run away it's you know we can't yeah and and we have and I think you know 
there is something about this whole experience where you remove the sense of safety and we are expected to carry on anyway that resembles, yeah, carry on functioning yeah, yeah that remember resembles something of an existential crisis uh, <laughs> and I mean I, I don't wish to sound pretentious but I mean that in the kind of the fact that the very fabric of your existence and your safety is under threat and that propels everybody into a heightened state of anxiety you know, a huge sense of uncertainty about the world. And normally, you know, when you kind of face that, you know, the best thing to do is to feel the fear and do it anyway, to to quote a very well-known book, you know, is is to face your existential fear, to go, actually, actually I can't control life. I don't know what my life is going to hold. And that's actually, that's a reality, right? Our, our capacity to control is very, very limited. We can't control an awful lot of things about our environment anyway, and yet we carry on functioning. You yeah. know, that line where you get people go, well, I could be hit by a bus tomorrow. Well, actually, yes, you could. And yes, here you are and you're carrying on functioning and you're paying the bills and you're tying your shoelaces and you're remembering to brush your hair and you're leaving the house. So we are used to living with a level of uncertainty anyway. It just it's it's just a, it's background noise and we learn to block it out and carry on functioning. This heightens that level of background anxiety and it's going to be a long time before it lessens and becomes I think uh, livable with and tolerable and I think that's going to be the struggle for a lot of people post lockdown and you know uh, as this as this pandemic unfolds and and our lives are impacted by it for, for quite some time I think. Do you think that is kind of behind this weird trend of people watching more movies and reading more books that involve pandemics because this is something I've I've read about in the media is that one of the most you know this film called Contagion I, which is about a worldwide pandemic maybe it's a mini series can't remember but it's on it's on one of the streaming channels and then these other books that have been previously written about pandemics are suddenly you know selling in their bucket loads and I, personally I can't imagine anything worse than kind of trying to read a fictional version of what is actually going on but do you think that is where people are actually finding comfort in trying to make sense of the, the kind of worldwide impact of it by seeking out the fictional iteration of it? Yes, I, I, I do. I mean, I think you're spot on. I think that, uh, you know, we, in order to be okay, right, uh, uh, we need to be able to make a degree of meaning. And we have always told stories and we need, we like to give the chaos that we live in a beginning, a middle and end. It gives us order and, and resolution or it gives us an illusion, necessary illusion of order and resolution. Nobody's life is actually linear. Nobody's life, you know, follows the nice dumpty, 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 dum pattern of a movie or a book. But yet we still produce movies and read them and we still produce books and read them because we quite need that. And obviously there's an escapism to that. But in this instance, it's really it's not. It's like the opposite of escapism, isn't it? It's not. But I think it is something. But I imagine there's something in there. I, for the record, I, I'm not going near that stuff myself either for now. I, I'm choosing pure escapism. Um, but I think there is something about mapping your experience. Right. So here we are in absolute free fall. We do not know where we are. But look, somebody's gone there before and they've worked it out. So and even it if it's not... Channing Tatum or Tom Cruise. Yes. Even, even you're prepared to put up with that to get the reassurance. 
<laughs> of a nice, neat, bracketed look. It's oak. It's going to be okay. And look, because in a movie, there are steps and there's a narrative arc. And we're all yeah. quite familiar with that format. Even if you don't articulate it, you kind of know what you want from a movie and you know mm. what to expect, right? It doesn't leave you dangling with existential angst and uncertainty the way that real life does. So absolutely, I think I think it's a way of making meaning, of putting shape on things, of framing things, of gaining a degree of when an illusion of control of feeling like it's going to be okay and and it will be okay it will broadly speaking be okay there are going to be bits of things that really are not okay but broadly speaking it probably will be and I think that but maybe we need that external reassurance and I just say go with it I just do what you know honestly within legal limits do what do what works for you. <laughs> yeah. I need to get that legal limits thing you need there. to get I that in I needed, there. To, I needed to say that but I do I do genuinely mean it I think you know whatever gets you through at this point even if you need to binge on pandemic horror if that makes you feel if better yeah exactly then do I, it but don't do stuff that makes you feel worse don't that's key isn't it it. so actually I think that's a really good uh, that's a really good uh, place to wrap up because is that that could be your amazing piece of uh, takeaway (laughs) advice yes for for this episode which is do what what was it you put it in a really good way do what makes you feel better whatever it is but do not make within legal reasons within legal (laughs) limits thank you for the reminder within legal limits do whatever it is that makes you feel better and do not do anything if you can that makes you feel worse don't do it don't do it things are hard enough you're already struggling with heightened existential angst don't do it to yourself so for me for me that would be do not watch pandemic themed movies because that would just just no that's just not going to do it for me um but for other people don't feel guilty that you're not writing the the world's greatest novel or creating some artwork or taking up needlepoint or whatever it is no no don't don't you don't need to learn a new language now or you know it's fine it's fine you just need to get by and get out so can i ask then what obviously you're you know you're going to be avoiding pandemic Mm good okay what so what do you do then the, what what helps you feel better? Where are you finding your release and your escape from all of this? Okay, I would say it's it's uh, the holy trinity of yeah. uh, getting some uh, being in the bath. I love being in the bath. Okay, I find it a very very relaxing place to be, and I I've noticed my baths are getting longer because <laughs> essentially it's it's a hiding place from my family. Your private, so, <laughs> mine's my little <laughs> private place um so i will happily now wallow in a tepid bath just to avoid uh facing anyone else in my house um watching i like watching daft comedies okay so i will watch comedies or 80s movies with julia robertson oh nice. so yeah i've been watching yeah. mystic pizza that's on netflix <laughs> and what else uh still magnolias so it's all kind of late 80s themed Very and then reading and reading if I can okay yeah if you can are you struggling with concentration yeah massively that's the thing that's why I ask yeah lots of people are it's okay this is why I don't put any pressure on yourself to learn a new language lots of people the heightened stress is messing with people's concentration it don't you know don't Mm. don't push it you know yeah do do what feels good thanks Lucy oh you're welcome (laughs) all right speak to you next time (laughs) speak to you next time bye bye 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 